Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 29, episode 29 of The Informed Catholic. If you like what I do, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help. I really, I really would appreciate it. So we're going to do the readings for Mon- um, the Monday of the third week of Ordinary Time. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Christe Elision. Christe Elision. Christe Elision. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. Okay. So now we're going to do the readings um, for this Monday, the Monday of the third week of Ordinary Time. And we're still in the letter to the Hebrews. Uh, Traditionally, it's attributed to St. Paul. It's a beautiful book. Um, I think uh, it would be great for anyone to read it. Um, and meditate on it because it has very powerful um, theology. It really, um, it really, I think, will build one's faith. When you read the Gospels, it's 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 apocalyptic to some extent, but it's it's powerful Christology, Syriotology, Syriotology meaning salvation. Um, very powerful, um, deep in Old Testament, um, in atonement. Um, it's something I think it's important that people, uh, Christians should be familiar with. All right, let's begin. It's chapter nine, verse 15, and then 24 to 28. And here's an outline. Christ who offered once to take away the sins of many, will appear a second time 
to those who eagerly await him. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Christ is mediator of a new covenant. Since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant, those who are called may received, receive the promised eternal inheritance. Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself, that he might now appear before God on our behalf. Not that he might offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters each year into the sanctuary with the blood that is not his own. If that were so, he would, he would have had to suffer repeatedly from the foundations of the world. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the ages to take away sins by his sacrifice. Just as it is appointed that human beings die once, and after this the judgment, so also Christ offered once to take away the sins of many will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. Reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 9, starting from verse 15 to 24, 24 to 28. Christ is mediator of a new covenant since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant. Those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance for Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself, that he might now appear before God on our behalf. Not that he might offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters each year into the sanctuary with the blood that is not his own. If that were so, he would have had to suffer repeatedly from the foundations of the world. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the age to take away sin by his sacrifice, just as it, as it is appointed that human beings die once and after this the judgment. So also Christ offered once to take away the sins of many and will appear a second time not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. All right. So let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us here. Christ is mediator of a new covenant. Christ is mediator. He is the one who communicates the redemption of the new covenant. Remember at the last supper, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. He owns it. It is his 
by his sacrifice, by his redemption, by his blood. It's his. It's in his blood. Period. Okay, now he goes on to say, since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant, under the first covenant, those who are called may receive the promised internal inheritance. Now, obviously, it's talking about um, the sin that was committed by Adam and Eve, their transgression, and by their transgression, sin came into the world. And um, for deliverance from transgression under the first covenant, those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. So through Christ's um, death, through Christ's blood, we receive the internal, the eternal inheritance through the covenant, through the atonement of Christ. Okay, for Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made by hands. The earthly tabernacle, the earthly temple that was in Jerusalem, the tabernacle that was set up by Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, which was in, given instruction, a blueprint by God, not the temple of Solomon, not the temple of Herod. Those things ended. They're not around. Um, the temple of Solomon was destroyed. The temple Herod was destroyed AD 70. They're no longer around. Okay, so this, you know, covenant is made by Jesus Christ and it's off um, his his um, covenant is repeated every single day in all four corners of the earth, from New York to Rome, from Rome to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Africa, South America, all the way to Asia, all the way to Eastern Europe. It doesn't make a difference. The covenant is repeated every single day, no matter what. The sacrifice is true. And no one can change it. Christ is the one and perfect mediator. And this is true. We have to accept that. History history backs it up. And he didn't and it's not an earthly sanctuary. This is a heavenly sanctuary. Yes, the Mass is said and performed in time. But you know what? Christ's sacrifice is once for all throughout all eternity. And it cannot be taken away. It doesn't make a difference. No matter how bad the priest is, no matter how corrupt the priest is, the mass will fulfill what God demanded. And we can, you know, go down the line here. Um, you know, he, his blood is perfect. It's not like the priestly, the, the high priest who has to perform it every year and bring in the blood of bulls or goats and other creatures. <clears throat> His atonement is true. Okay, and it goes on. Um, he doesn't have to suffer. He suffered only once. And it goes on. 
Um, just as he appointed human beings to die once, just as it has been appointed by human beings to die once, and then the judgment. So Christ offered once, one sacrifice to take away the sins of the, the, sins of the world. And he will appear a second time when the sanctuary demands it. Okay, so let's go on to the psalm. All right, so now we have Psalm, or oh, the response to the psalm, Psalm 98. So let's begin. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sorry, pitches are stuck. His right, his right hand has, has won victory for himself. For him, for his holy arm, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. The Lord has made his salvation known in the sight of the nations. He has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sing praise to the Lord with his harp, with a harp and melodious songs, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Okay, so this is, again, everything is a type picture of the church. The new song is the gospel. All right, it's the gospel. The nations, all the nations are where the gospel is going to go to. Um, everything. Basically, marvelous deeds is the, the fantastic deed of salvation, what God has done, what Christ will do by his sacrifice and atonement. Okay. And, you know, it's obvious because we've just gone through the book of Hebrews, all right, this, this fantastic thing that he's done by his, by offering himself this wonderful sacrifice and entering into the heavenly sanctuary and Completing it, completing it here on earth by his act of sacrifice, his act of offering himself on the wood of the cross by being the one true high priest where, where, where we have an earthly high priest who goes in every year offering the blood of goats and cows and also sins for himself. He's only a prototype, a prototype. You know, you know how you have uh, people who given a test with uh, a fake pill and a real pill. All right. Well, Christ was the real one. The high priest was only a prototype, a test, a preparation for the real high priest, which is Jesus Christ Himself. What happened was is that the people of Israel got attached naturally to 
the constant ritual that became their identity. And you know how obsessed people are in this world by their identity. Identity politics. People, when they get used to doing something and humanity has, it, it's hard for them to give it up. And it's hard for them to accept the changes, obviously. But God has always prepared it. Has always prepared this. When he said to Abraham, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed, that obviously should trigger something. Should trigger people to wonder, what does he mean by that? And how all the world's going to be blessed? Abraham probably wondered the same thing. But... He probably has revealed to Abraham what his plans are. Because what did Jesus say in the Gospel of John? Your father Abraham rejoiced when he saw my coming. But when did he see his coming? We don't, um, maybe God has revealed it off the stage of the Bible. Not everything is written in the Bible. There are probably things that God has revealed to Abraham that were never written and were never meant to be written because the world was not ready yet. I mean, I caught on to that. When did he say this? I looked through the book of Genesis. Did I miss something? He must have revealed it to him at some point. Maybe after the sacrifice to Isaac. Maybe at that point when he was sacrificing to Isaac. Maybe, you know, it just wasn't written down. Moses himself probably saw it the same thing. There are a lot of things the patriarchs probably saw that were not written down. <laughs> Everything had to be prepared. And when we look at it, look at this, look at the situation with the world, the way it is now. Look, look what's happening. It's like the world has become a neo-pagan society. The unborn is human sacrifice. We're back to human sacrifice again. Sacrificing babies to, is it for the economy? Is, is, is has Moloch taken a corporate, well, Moloch has probably taken a, a corporate, Belzebub or Bells, you know, Bao has taken a corporate image. You know, I mean, look at it. Is, is China the red dragon in the book of Revelation? I don't know. But the point is, is that we are now a corporate pagan society, a globalist corporate pagan society. Our politicians, it's like we've taken this image overnight. It goes to show you it's not impossible for everything to change. We, what we heard in the Bible, it's not impossible. It can happen. It's proven to us how our world has changed in one year. In one year, we've seen our society and our culture and our civilization changed. What do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years? Our world was always fragile. We thought, we always said it's impossible. You know, there was a funny thing is in the movie, A Man for All Season, when Thomas More is complaining about the events that are happening in England and how things fast were changing in England. Somebody would say, come on now, this is England. It's not Spain because of, I guess the, 
the Inquisition that happened in Spain. This is England, you know, you're speaking about. We're not, this is not Spain. Well, maybe we're talking about, we, we think we're so sophisticated. Maybe we're not. Obviously, we're not. Why is everybody talking about abortion like if there's no birth control? What happened to birth control? I'm not saying I, I support it. I'm just saying that these people who keep talking about abortion, about the sacrifice of babies, it's like as though birth control doesn't exist. Like it's never been invented. Notice it's the abortion that's important. They call it reproductive, but they don't talk about the birth control. So it's the slaughter of the baby, the, re the removal of the baby from the womb. That act is more important. And that shows you what kind of world we live in. But maybe soon, hopefully, we'll be singing an, a song, a praise and to the wondrous deeds that God will do. He's about to do something. I hope I pray heaven will break through and we'll all be singing a new song. All right, let's go to the gospel. All right. So let's begin with the gospel of St. Mark. All right. It is the end of Satan. St. Mark chapter three, verse 22 to 30. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said, to, said of Jesus, He is possessed by, Bil, by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. In, in parables, how can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is, that is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said he has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning, summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. 
that is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said he has an unclean spirit. Okay, let's go back again and see what our Lord is teaching us here. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Now the scribes are like lawyers. Um, yeah, they're, they're secretaries, I guess, and they're like legislators in a sense. They're, you know, they're basically disciples of the Pharisees. The Fer they're they're uh, of that because there can be, I believe, scribes also of the Sadducees and scribes of the, um, the Pharisees themselves. They, they're obviously, you know, they're, um, they're like, I guess you can say they're go-between, but they're also lawyers. They're also, um, legislators in a sense. They're, um, they're like the foot soldiers in some instances. Now they came and they investigated and they made the accusation that Jesus is possessed that he has an unclean spirit, that, he's, that he is possessed by Beelzebel. The name Beelzebel, Beelzebel. Be Be um, in Arabic, there's a word called Bizza. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, um, it could be a, a, a slang, but it means fly. Bizzaz, a lot of flies. Um, now, it's chaotic, flies all around you when you're in a filthy place and there's something rotting, unclean, basically, uh, hygienically unclean. Say you're near a slaughterhouse or a chicken house. Okay, if you've ever been to any places, um, you know, where there's a lot of trash also. There's a lot of flies and it's very annoying. <clears throat> you know, everybody notices how flies can be very annoying when there's maybe food around or honey or something. They want to get onto it. And flies can also have diseases because flies land everywhere. And they carry those, the, the you know, you, you, don't, you don't want them to come near your food or near you because they could spread diseases. Now, people, you see people, how they wave mosquitoes away and flies. Well, it's chaotic. All right, we let the uh, siren pass us by. Okay, so... They they made this accusation against our Lord because of the miracles he performs, because he casts out demons. So they had to come up with something negative. They're trying to turn, invert his 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 miracles, and make them negative to scare the people. They're trying to say that he's into witchcraft, that he's a warlock, that he's into the occult. A very serious accusation to make the public turn against him. Problem was, is that he was doing 
good things. He was casting out demons, which is very hard to convince people, especially when he was healing people. And he wasn't also, here's another interesting thing. He wasn't asking people to pay him. Miracle workers, most exorcists want to get paid for their, for their, for their work. They don't do anything for nothing. If you ever go to a, what they call a snake oil salesman, they're always going to ask you for something. You watch something on TV for these evangelicals and they're going to try to convince you to send a gift through a phone call. They're going to try to reach out, hopefully to the most uh, weakest person. I know there's someone out there on watching who is suffering, who is suffering greatly from some great ailment or some some uh, enslavement to Satan. You know, they use things like that. They will try to convince you because people, some people are very lonely. Some people are also desperate for human contact. They don't go to church. They're, they've been hurt. They're awkward. They're not good around people. They... Um, they, they have low self-esteem, and so they, they try to reach out to people like that. Now, the scribes know the public. They know the public, and they don't want to lose the public. They may have thought that Jesus was collecting money. Maybe they weren't paying attention. He wasn't. But, the, but he wasn't taking, he, ta he never took any payment for any miracle. He never sold a miracle. He performed it for people because of their faith and to encourage their faith. That bothered the scribes. Most likely that probably even bothered them even more. So they made this accusation. So, so Jesus summoned them, the scribes, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing as well as the public because he wanted the public to hear. He began to speak them in parables. So he's speaking directly to the scribes, but the public is listening. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Civil war. We know, what hap we know what's happening here in our country, in our culture. We see what's happening around us. After the election, there's a lot of people trying to convince everyone that nothing bad happened that nothing is going on, that there was no fraud. All right, one side. Now, one other side believes it's fraud and doesn't need any convincing. All right, I just saw something where Rand Paul and George Stephanopoulos and George Stephanopoulos, just who used to work for the Clintons, just could not leave it alone. He kept on challenging. Usually, you know, there's a saying in Shakespeare, you protest too much. You know, one side basically just doesn't want to leave it alone and basically is trying to get convinced the other side to admit that there was nothing going wrong. That usually means that one side knows that there's something wrong and that, you know, and does not does not want to address the problem, doesn't want to admit that there's a problem. So you see, that's that basically shows you there's a civil war going on. It's it's it, there's a big drift in our government. It's a spiritual one, too, because. There's a lot of immorality and no one wants to admit that the immorality is also the cause of spiritual division. All right. Whenever there's a political strife, there's always followed by some kind of spiritual division. And that means that the country is sick. 
the nation is sick. There's always, you got to remember, political division is always followed by spiritual and moral. Our country is morally and spiritually divided. Okay, we have a serious, we're sick. Our country is sick. Spiritually, morally, politically. And that's a big problem. That is a serious problem that needs to be addressed. All right, so. Um, and then he goes on. Okay, that and he goes on to, again. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Notice how Jesus went from kingdom, or he went from Satan to kingdom, from kingdom to house. Notice he went from up down. I mean, Satan being a fallen spirit the moral spiritual problem, the moral aggressor, the accuser. And then he went to political. He went to political. A kingdom is political. A kingdom is uh, a nation, a, uh, an empire. And then he went from that to house, to the family. Okay? So, if a house is divided against itself, we've seen news stories, families, disputes, uh, there's immorality in the household, uh, there's abuse, there's um, uh, domestic abuse, there's spousal abuse, uh, husband, father beats his wife and children, uh, sometimes a mother, there's alcoholism, there's drug abuse, there's sexual abuse, there's spiritual abuse, there's uh, sibling abuse, there's even uh, abuse among siblings. You, you, you know, we've all heard about it. We've all seen it. And so therefore you see how Jesus is attending to the problem. He goes from national, he goes to, uh, to the local family, to the household. You see, it goes right down. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's it's important that we understand that. You know, and he says here, um, and if Satan rises up against himself and is divided, he cannot sin. He goes back to Satan. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. The strong man is the individual. Now he's gone down to the individual, your own spirit, your own spiritual state. If you are not spiritually strong, your spirit is not strong. It will be easy to subdue you, your, mor your morals, your conscience, your, you're not spiritually awake. There's a lot of people that in a sense just go around like animals, eat, drink, and don't pay attention to what's going on. Don't even pay attention to themselves. They just go around almost like thoughtless. They act like, like a, the way an animal acts in a field. An animal only looks for, for grass. You notice how it just grazes around, just doesn't do anything. A person doesn't pay attention. There's a lot of people like that. They go through the motions every single day. 
And sometimes they're, they, they, they're so morally broken down that they don't even look people in the face. There's a lot of people like that. They don't pay attention to what's going on. They don't pay attention to the outside. Well, I'm like, I'm a very, very um, news savvy person. I like to listen to the news. I like to know what's going on. I, I like, I need to know what's happening. And I know, and I get very frustrated. I mean, I like music, but I could only listen to music so much. Um, I need to, um, either I have to watch a good movie or I have to, I like to listen to documentaries. I like to listen to documentaries. I like to learn new things. My mind wants to learn new things. It wants to learn. It needs information. So either I read, listen to an audible book or watch a documentary or watch a film like a historical drama film set in a certain time. Like last night, I watched something about Constantine because it's, it's the kind of subject I enjoy. But when I'm around people that are just not interested in stuff like that, it's hard for me to, um, like some people just want to listen to music. And I find, especially the modern music, just, just annoying, annoying. And a lot of times I notice that people who just listen to music, they don't know what's happening around them. I need to be aware what's happening around us. I need to know what's going on. I need to, I've been accustomed and I realize that sometimes, you know, maybe some people think they get very annoyed with me about that, but you have to be, you have to be aware. You have to be aware. And sometimes what happens when I notice these things, it makes me pray more. It makes me pray more and makes me worried. It's like you don't want to be caught off guard. You have to know the signs of the times. Because I find that it makes me go pray more. It makes me pray and it makes me, you know, um, aware of what's happening. People, like in the past, when a traveler comes, um, comes into town, before there was telephones or, or uh, newspapers or um, TV, people um, would ask a traveler, what news do you bring? You see, that's the first thing they're going to ask the traveler. What's happening in the outside world? And that's, that's important. Usually because you don't want to be caught off guard. What's happening in the capital? What's happening beyond the capital? Can you tell us what's going on? You have to be aware. And sometimes some people, like you notice what's happening now where we all talk about fake news. These things can sometimes morally have, have an effect on people. It can have an effect because you don't know what's going on. And what Jesus is doing is by talking to the scribes, he's also talking to the crowd. He's giving the crowd information. He's telling them, this is what these people are doing to you. They're manipulating you. 
I guess yeah, I guess you, get, you come down to fake news, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's that. So be spiritually aware. He's saying here, don't let these people plunder you. Don't let them bind you. Be spiritually strong. Be spiritually prepared. Be spiritually knowledgeable of what's going on around you. All right. Be aware of the evil that's around you. And that's important because that's something people have to be aware of. And then he goes on to say this. Okay. Then he can, uh, Satan first has to tie up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Meaning once he, he, um, <clears throat> Once he got, he's has you. Okay. This is basically you, your own knowledge and your own ability, your own spiritual ability to fight back. Once they have you, they can manipulate you. They have bound you up. Then they can plunder you, control you, have master you, mind, body, and spirit. Then he says this, but whoever, no, whoever blasphemes against the spirit, against the Holy Spirit will never be, will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting uh, sin for they have said he has an unclean spirit. All right. So what does that mean? It means basically perverting the message of Christ. It means blaspheming. Okay. They said that Jesus was possessed. They said that he has an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit is they're attacking the Holy Spirit. They are perverting, they are perverting the gospel. They have blasphemed against the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the life of God, the one that wakes us up. The, the Holy Spirit is the life of the Father and the Son. Remember? You know, with the Father and the Son, He is equally worshipped and glorified. To call the Holy Spirit evil is blasphemy. To say that Jesus is evil is blasphemy. To even pervert the Father and the Son, to pervert the Trinity is blasphemy. To say even something blasphemous, it's, 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 a, difficult, it's a difficult thing. It, the people who do this have to be absolutely evil. Completely, totally evil. It's very rare. It's very rare, because most people would like would 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 be like horrified to even think it. It's even horrifying even for me to think it. But basically, what they're saying, they're attacking, they're perverting, and that's very dangerous. Occultists, Satanists can come up with the most worst evil things to do. They, they, they blaspheme, like attack the Eucharist, or attack the, um, the sacrament, attack the church, blaspheme, come up with the most horrifying images. Um, but that those are very rare. It's a very rare person that does this. Very, I mean, I've never met anyone like this, but I mean, I've seen people in the village who would wear a crucifix upside down. Uh, I've heard about artists, uh, you know, may have done perverted artistic images, uh, holy images, uh, pervert them. It's very satanic. A person like that, um, I mean, I, I've never been around them. I mean, I've only seen them. 
I don't know them. I hope I never get to know anyone like that because it's, it's uncomfortable. Such a thing should make you uncomfortable, should make you sick. You don't want to be around someone who does something like that. But these things have, um, have serious spiritual consequences with people, dangerous consequences. So the, the scribes, um, they, they went around, they went around spreading this false stuff about our Lord and attacking the Holy Spirit. And that's very serious. They're very serious. They must've been, I mean, they must've been extremely aggressive and, um, people who really hated him, hated him, um, because of because of this, I mean, basically to say this, to go around campaigning against they they were literally campaigning against him, and they were perverting the message. They were like twisting it around. They were trying to win the people over. That they went so far as to attack the the Holy Spirit in Jesus, and that was serious. Okay, um, you know that this is the, the this is basically the message here and when Jesus is warning warning us be careful of people who pervert the gospel be careful of people who say uh these things i mean we've had them we've had them we've had them in the media remember they were like Jesus is not a born of a virgin um we've had it in islam that Jesus is not god They've even in Islam, they've actually confused the Holy Spirit with the angel Gabriel. I know this because I've, you know, um, you know, I've heard this. And then in the Quran, you actually have God asking Jesus, did you tell people that you're the, you're God's son? And Jesus is saying in the Quran, God forbid that I would say such a thing. You know, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, um, it's a perversion of the gospel, but this is what Muslims believe. And this is what they've been taught. So in this case, um, the conditions are different. But still, we've had university professors, like in the Jesus seminar, twist things around, twist that he that uh, you know that he didn't die, that Jesus never um, never intended to start a new religion. There's all kinds of things like that. It's it depends on the level, the level of the attack. Um. This is more scholarly. Maybe they really believe it. Maybe they don't really believe it, but they, this is their business. It's hard to say. All right, let's end it here and we'll go to the, um, say the Our Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. And we're going to end it with a little bit of a personal prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, please protect us from, um, from false teaching, from uh, perversion of the gospel, from... Um, 
manipulation by those who wish to manipulate the gospel and pollute it. We ask you to please give us the wisdom to know you and to to know your message and to never be led astray by false teachers and by uh, evil spirits who, who pervert the message. Give us the spirit to be awake, to be always aware of evil around us and perversion of the gospel. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. We ask also for the intercession of Our Lady in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.